Blog Talk Radio.
everyone, and welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, you may call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please use your Bluetooth if you are driving around. Do you feel connected to spirit? I'm not talking about a formal religion. I'm asking if you truly feel connected to spirit on a daily basis. Do you really know that the universe has your back? Do you ask for help? Most people do not. Most people only pray to the God of their understanding in times of desperate need for the health of a loved one or perhaps themselves, sometimes when things are going rough or when they're looking up to see bottom. Do you know that the universe wants to help you? Do you understand that the unemployment rate on the other side is much higher than it is here? We don't ask for help often enough, and yet, you will come to learn as you listen this evening that help is only a thought away. My guest tonight is Jean Slater, and Jean is a teacher, lecturer, and natural health practitioner who loves to help others find joy in all facets of life. She combines extensive academic training with intuitive and spiritual guidance to assist her clients on their paths of wellness, and she is joining us tonight to discuss her book, Hiring the Heavens, a practical guide to developing working relationships with the spirits of creation. And what a most wonderful book this is. I must say that. It's, it's simply terrific. Good evening, Jean. Thank you so much for sharing all of your time with us tonight. How are you being this evening? I'm doing great. You've already got me chuckling when you said about the unemployment rate is much higher on the other side than it is here. <laughs> It is, <laughs> but you it know is. that. It really is. <laughs> you know, it's such a great title for the book, and it's it's just crazy easy to do. I mean, for years I've been talking to angels and asking for help, you know, but your book is a short read. It's succinct, and I will say it's one of the best books I've read to help connect with spirit because it is so easy to do. You know, and asking for angels for help in every area, I, I never really put it into the context that you did. It's a great way to explain how we can ask for help and actually get it because people don't think that they can get it sometimes. So I would like to start, if you don't mind, tonight with kind of the basics by your explaining to our listeners how you came to do this work and what made you write this book. Great. Thanks, T. Well, I'll tell you what, first and foremost, you need to know, I wasn't looking for this. <laughs> I was running from it. I, I grew up in a, a fun, well, it's a fundamental, fundamentalist Christian church, but it was actually a cult. And I left that church when I was 19. And when I did, I threw the baby out with the bathwater. And I wanted nothing to do with religion. I wanted nothing to do with spirituality. Don't say the word God to me. Don't say the word angels to me. I just turned my back on it all for 20 years. Wow. So 
Yeah, the only book that really spoke to me was Shirley MacLaine's book, Out on a Limb. Oh, my God, I watch that movie every year. I love it. <laughs> uh, oh, that was the only book that spoke to me that I that was palatable enough that I could say maybe, maybe something here is how it really works. And I remember that one part where she is standing by the ocean with her mentor, Kevin Ryerson, and they're shouting to the ocean, I am God. And remember, back then, T, that was blasphemy. Oh, my gosh, yes, it still works to some people. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you just didn't say things like that, but that resonated with me. <laughs> but still, I didn't pursue anything with it uh, within, to any great depth at all. And then I got into my profession as a natural health practitioner, and I really, really enjoyed working with clients on their health, with nutrition, with supplements, all that sort of thing. But... It wasn't long before I realized that when you, when it comes to healing, you can't stay on the physical level. You got to work with emotions. Right, right. <laughs> you got to work with beliefs. You got to work with spirituality. And I was so reluctant to to even go there. But here I am, being rather forced to do it because that's what my client's health was requiring. And then one day I had this extraordinary pivotal moment that changed everything for me. And it was one of those moments that it was, it was done in a way that was, you could not dismiss it as mere coincidence. Absolutely couldn't dismiss it. It left no doubt in my mind that something else was going on. So here's what happened. As I'm working with a client, and we were doing a technique that is called an allergy clearing. And I was using a pendulum to ask the body what it wanted to do, said it wanted to clear five neurotransmitters. I could only come up with four. Now, neurotransmitters are those chemicals that your brain produces. So there was serotonin and norepinephrine. Some people may be familiar with those neurotransmitters. But I could not think of what the fifth neurotransmitter might be, and yet every time I asked the client's body through my pendulum, do we need to name the fifth one, I kept getting a yes. So I said to my client, we're going to need to reschedule. I can't think of what this fifth neurotransmitter is, and I need time to study. And then my client said, and these are the first words out of her mouth, which is just bizarre. Who would say this? The first words out of her mouth were, is histamine a neurotransmitter? And I kind of did a double take, and I said, no, histamine isn't a neurotransmitter. It's that stuff your sinuses produce when you have an allergic reaction. That's why you take antihistamines. No, it's not a neurotransmitter. <laughs> and then in the very next millisecond, for whatever reason, this is the most bizarre thing, I turn around and I pull a book off my shelf that I had purchased one year prior and had never opened. It falls open to a page where the word histamine is in the title. So right there I say, oh, that not that interesting? Here it's talking about histamine, and you just mentioned it. And then in the next nanosecond, it's as if something took my eyes to a line. It's like the, this is the only line that showed in that whole page of small typing. This is the only thing I saw. It said, histamine is also thought to be a neurotransmitter. But there's no spiritual intervention there, is there? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, it was the moment when it changed everything for me. At the time, I wouldn't have put it that way. At the time, I was freaked out. <laughs> I thought, okay, this is weird. This is too weird. I'm, how can I process this? <laughs> uh, my client brings out those words. It's not that. I turn around, pull the book off. It opens the page. It takes my eyes to this line buried in the paragraph. Okay, this is a little bit too weird. And I couldn't wait to get my client out the door. I finished doing the clearing. <laughs> couldn't wait to get her out the door. And then I just sat there literally shaking. Because mm-hmm. I knew something quite extraordinary had just happened, and I had no words for it. So the only thing I could think about, I'd heard of um, psychic surgery, mm-hmm. where uh, someone is from the, this other dimension, it works through a layperson to do psychic surgeries, and I thought, well, is it possible that I have a spiritual physician helping me on the job? <laughs> and and so I started to grasp onto that idea and and run with it. So every day from that day onward, I would call upon my spiritual physician as I would work with my clients and say, look, can you help me figure out what's going on with this issue in their health and this person has some heart trouble and this person has some blood sugar trouble? Can you help me with with their healing? And so I started receiving information that was clearly not coming from me. It was beyond my technical training. It was something I couldn't possibly be privy to, like I'd be working with somebody on a health issue, a physical health issue, and all of a sudden my mouth just started saying, so what's going on with you and your husband? I'm like, okay, (laughs) what's going on here? So that's when I realized I was getting help from this unseen dimension. Now, I was not in any kind of place that I was going to call it angels because I was still running from all that. So I just called this my spiritual physician. And then I had a crazy idea. I thought, well, if I'm getting help with this spiritual physician to help me in my work, perhaps they can help me with other aspects of my business. I need a spiritual time manager. I need a spiritual marketer, and I need a spiritual secretary and receptionist. Could I hire those positions on that in that other dimension, and so I imagined doing that, and then I would have a staff meeting in my car as I would head to work, and I'd talk to my spiritual marketer and say, okay, here's what we got going on. I've got some openings. Can you get on the horn and, and fill those? And my spiritual secretary, I want you to hold my calls. I've got a big thing going on this weekend, and I don't want any calls. And I, whatever it is I asked for, I got. It was truly amazing, and I have to tell you, T, that It worked so well for me that I was able to support my entire family. My husband was able to stay home with our four children, and I supported our family working part-time for 10 years. And I never had to hire anybody on the physical level because it was all taken care of for me on the spiritual level. That's fabulous. It worked. It worked. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, then, once that started happening, and I clearly had evidence that I was getting help in my work, and in the beginning, I thought that 
honestly, that was the only reason it was working is because I was helping other people. So I, I, I looked at it like I was deserving of this help from this other dimension because I'm doing a good thing here helping clients. But then I thought, I'm going to just do something outrageous. I'm going to ask just for me, just for a purely selfish reason. I mean, that just sounded crazy that I could bother this, this dimension just for me. But as soon as I asked for it, I got it. And the first thing I did is hire a spiritual wardrobe consultant. <laughs> ah. And this be- happened because I was one that hated to shop for clothes. I would go, I think it had been a number of years since I had been out to the wilds of the mall because I could never find what I wanted. Uh, it was always the wrong color, the wrong price, the wrong size. It just was uh, hours and hours in frustration. So I wouldn't go shopping. I'd come home exhausted. So I hired a spiritual wardrobe consultant on the way down to the mall, and I just said, hey, help me find some outfits I just love. And that day, and I said, do it for a good bargain. (laughs) I bought 17 outfits that day for just over $200. That's insane. (laughs) (laughs) I say so. And I went skipping out of the stores. You wouldn't believe it because, you know, honestly, I never dreamed that I could get help that was just for me. And that was Mm -hmm. just the amazing thing was, yeah, I can get help that's just for me. And that was astounding to me. So then once I had that experience, the walls came down and I started asking for everything. I had spiritual uh, TV salesmen to help me pick out a new TV. I had spiritual interior decorators. I had spiritual attitude adjusters for my kids when we, when we would be going on trips. I'd hire a spiritual tour guide. I'd hire a spiritual connoisseur to help us find the best restaurants. I'd hire a spiritual romance committee. It, I just All the walls came down, and I just started hiring away from the heavens for everything I was doing in my life, and that was... It turned my life around. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely would turn your life around because now everything's in flow, and when things are in flow, they just keep getting better and better, and the abundance, no matter what aspect it is, comes to you. So you are actually, when, when you say hiring the heavens, there is no monetary payment, but the payment is strictly gratitude and love that you're giving back because of the fact that you're receiving and being open to receive, Correct. That's correct. That is our payment, is actually the joy that we have in our lives, the joy in being creators. And that was one of the big aha moments that I got in writing the book was that first and foremost, and by divine design, we are creators. We are here to be creators. And if your life feels like it's a struggle and it's miserable and and you don't feel like you're creating anything with joy, well, then that's missing the point of being here. And so when we hire from the heavens and know that we have that companionship, and like you said, we know they have our back, your creations are done with a great deal of joy and gratitude. And those smiles, those are just the byproduct of living that way. 
Yes, and our job here, really, when we come here, is to find joy and to give joy. And you can't give joy if you're not finding it, and you can't find joy if things are not going well. So asking for help, a lot of people will think, well, I don't want to be greedy or ask for too much. It's selfish. No, it's not. It's never greedy. There's enough for everyone. It's never selfish because what you get, you give back, and that's what makes it such a beautiful reciprocity between us and the universe and everybody else we're connected to on the planet. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> I mean, I really look at it that way. I mean, we're here to, to find, I can't believe you brought up that movie because that movie um, out on a limb, I watch that every year. I have at the three VCR set. I saw it for the first time in the late 1980s and I fell in love with it. And then I met Shirley MacLaine at an interview once and had her sign my three CD, my three, it wasn't CDs, VCR, I mean tapes. I have VCR tapes. Who has a VCR player anymore? I kept one so I can continue to watch the movie. And <laughs> that resonated with me, too, when she stood out there and they were saying, I am God. At first, I was taken aback, and then I thought, you know what? We are, because we come from that source. And so if you come from that source, you have to be part of it. So you are creating, and you are with God. And it was very interesting in your book to read about the different paradigms, and I thought that was um, something that, you know, that had to take an awful lot for you to come up with. Most of us have been brought up to believe that there is a God, this omnipotent being who's the boss of all of us, and we have to be saint-like to gain approval so that we can be accepted and, you know, and go to heaven when we die. And that's just such a nice little story that everybody wraps up in a pretty little bow. But I know that was part of my brainwashing, and then I went through a religion rehab of my own, and that changed my perspective 180 degrees. So the old paradigm and the answer you received when you were intrigued by the evidence of spiritual, uh, spirituality and you asked the question, what's going on? That whole thing is interesting, and I think that, that works well with selfishness so people see that they're not being selfish. So would you mind explaining you know, part of that new paradigm that you came up with? Absolutely. And don't let me forget to tell you my story about Shirley MacLaine, too. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. But the um the old paradigm I when I was when I got the message that I needed to write a book about this, it was astounding how that all came about. Honestly, from the time that I started really working with hiring the heavens, I started talking about it to all of my friends and they started telling me their stories of how their and angelic hires had helped them out in amazing ways, absolutely miraculous. So when I got the message that I needed to write a book about this, I go, okay, well, you're going to have to help me out. <laughs> I don't even know how to even start. So I put together a um, write, book writing committee, spiritual committee, and I imagined that this I had a whole committee in this other dimension that was going to be assisting me in writing the book. And the first thing that happened after I did that is I had a message from a complete stranger on my phone within a day. And she introduced herself saying, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm a developmental editor, and I was just wondering if you had any book projects you're working on. <laughs> <laughs> so the heavens literally brought her to my doorstep, and she was fabulous. And then the next thing that ended up happening was that I, when it got to the place where it needed to be, uh, I needed to go through it with a fine-tooth comb and make sure that all the copy was, had all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed, 
then I talked to my spiritual book writing committee and I said, okay, bring me somebody that can help me with that. Next thing that happened is that I had a brand new client. She had very tiny handwriting. I asked her what it is that she did. She says, oh, I'm a copy editor. And I said, well, what's a copy editor? And she says, well, we go through copy and make sure that all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. So I said, oh, <laughs> well, you're supposed to work for me. And that's how my book ended up getting published or uh, written. But in the process of writing it, I learned so much. And one of the things I had to explain is what's different about hiring the heavens from the old paradigm that I grew up in where – yeah, you got down on your knees and you came to God with a great deal of reverence. You certainly did it. You didn't ask for selfish reasons. You didn't ask to help you find the perfect hair color. You just wouldn't do that. Instead, right. you waited till you were in a time of crisis when all else had been exhausted. And finally, finally, yeah, now I can call out for help. Or you could pray for somebody else or world peace, or, you know, the big ticket items. But you you didn't have – it was a, a feeling like it was a one-way conversation. You're down here, God's up there, and you're sending up your prayer, and he's choosing among all these different prayers, and you're just hoping yours is worthy enough. That's so well, true. <laughs> what? That is so true. That is exactly what we were taught, that, you know, yep. you have to wait until you're desperate, in which case you're actually praying out of fear. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and, and it, it's all about this feeling that you're just this miserable sinner here on the earth plane, and, and how dare you interrupt me without, if you haven't exhausted everything that you can do. <laughs> right. So, that was not the feeling I was getting with my experience with hiring away from the heavens. When I hired that spiritual wardrobe consultant and was able to go out and buy all those outfits, I didn't have any kind of feeling like I had to prove my worthiness, like I was interrupting anybody, that I was, you know, even the reverence went out the door. It was just fun. That's all it was. It was just fun. You and, enjoy. Yes. Yes, and so I took out some three-by-five cards, and I said, okay, you've got to explain this to me and explain how I want to draw this in pictures and, and tell me how this is actually working. So that's what I did, Is I and this is all in the book. It was a, an evolution of me drawing the first picture with God up in a circle above and you down below in a one-way conversation. I said, okay, if that's not it – then what is it? And so you, the readers will see I went through different ex drawings trying to figure it out. And um, it got to be where I thought, well, we have these intercessors in, in between us and God, and they're working on our behalf. No, that wasn't it. Okay, well, maybe we have more authority. Maybe we are actually... And I drew the circle of the self above the angels and and spirits and guides. And I said, is this it? No, that wasn't it. And the whole time, God is in this circle above all everything. And then, um, because I exhausted all possibilities, the only thing left for me to do was to cross off God up in the top and put God down in the circle with the angels, guides, and spirit, with this, the self, Above all of it. And I said, is is this it? And I finally got, now you're talking. 
Mm-hmm. Well, this was blasphemy. I did this in a public place, and I was actually eating lunch at an um, outside table by myself, and I stood up, <laughs> pushed myself away from the table, and I, like, screamed at that drawing. I said, you can't ask me to say that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I, I can picture it now, people turning around and looking at, who's she talking to? <laughs> but I looked at that drawing and I said, you can't ask me to say that. That's, that was just, no, 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 no. That just went against everything that I had been taught. And so then I said, explain this to me. Why, why is this coming up this way? And what they explained to me in just a flash, a download, is just saying to me that that first paradigm where we're looking up to God for all of our answers, that's like a when we're a child and we're looking to our parents for all of our answers. And that's the way it should be, and nobody questions that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when you're two and five years old, you have to have that guidance. But that doesn't work when you start getting into your teens and certainly shouldn't be working that way when you're in your 20s. And if you are still operating under that that paradigm when you're 35, oh, come on, you've got to grow up at some point. And right. that is what the message was. The message was that we all need to grow up spiritually, that there it, there comes a time in our life where we have to to claim that we are the creator of our world and be about creating it. Just as when a young adult goes out into the world, the parents say to the adult, this this young uh, adult, and say, you know, we have taught you well. Now go and create your life. We can't wait to see what you make of it. And we're going to be here for you the whole time. You need help, we're going to be here for you. But the point is, you need to go and create your life, and that, that's what it's about. Well, that's what God was saying. It's like all, the entire angelic realm is here to help you. Now go. Go create your world. And that was an extraordinary message. Well, the final drawing came when I was working with my developmental editor, and she was trying to draw these pictures in Microsoft Word and was having a bit of difficulty with it, especially when she got to this part where she was trying to draw God down in the lower circle. And hearing her frustration, I came to stand over her shoulder, and I said, what's going on? And she said, I just can't get God to go down here. <laughs> and then poof, we don't know how it happened. We couldn't reproduce it. It was absolutely perfect just the way it was. Somehow the word God enlarged itself, went to the background where the circle that had self in it became the O in God. And the the G and the D were the you know surrounding the O, and that was the huge epiphany. We are an integral part of God. When we get back to that part where Shirley MacLaine was shouting to the ocean, "I am God," that was mm-hmm. the picture that said, "Yes, we are an integral part of God, and it is through us that God is experiencing." So no wonder. The entire angelic realm is here to assist us in creating our world. 
all of a sudden, everything made sense. Of course, it wouldn't be any other way. Yes, you'd have full support from this team of people that want the best for you and want you to be joyful and want you to be happy so that you can, you know, create that amongst everybody that you run into. And isn't that a beautiful thing? So when I saw it, I thought, you know, it really does make sense because we it shows that the self is part of God and you have the support of all these other beings. It's exactly what the diagram shows. Yes, and that was a huge awakening to me. All of a sudden... Everything made sense to me, and I understood more about who I am. Up until that time, I was just going along having so much fun with this, and truly it does just bring an amazing amount of joy into your life. But ever so gently, it awakened me to who I really am, and that was just such an epiphany. Mm. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, that's a great that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. We are talking with Jean Slater, author of Hiring the Heavens, and you can learn more about Jean by going to her website, creativemystic.com, and you can do that after the show. And uh Jean, one of the things that I really I really liked in your book because this happens over and over and over again was when you were talking about the rules of phrasing our questions properly. You know, that has always driven me crazy. I've taken some of those seminars that you mentioned in the book where they teach you how to set an intention so it will manifest for you. And here's the thing. I mean, how would that work if you're not speaking the language that you speak every day? And as you stated in your book, if the universe took every single thing we said literally, we would be in much worse condition than we are right now on this planet. Because think of all the things that you say and how literal it could be and how many people... You know, if you hang up the phone and you're mad and say, oh, my God, I'm going to kill that person, how many people wouldn't be here? You know, I mean, it would just be crazy. But that's not the case. I mean, I ask for spiritual help in the same way that I ask someone in the physical world for help. I just ask. You just put it out there. And I was taught not to want because that shows lack, and I always thought it spoke to desire, but I was taught you can't use the word want, and you can't use the word should. You have to talk in the present. You have to make sure that you're not saying, I intend I will be happy, because every day you'll wake up and you will be, and it will never get there, which I kind of go with that a little bit, but I think the key in asking is actually in the letting go. So we don't really have to phrase things perfectly in accordance with, let's say, someone else's version of what is correct, but the vibration that we hold and the letting go, coupled with the giving thanks, is really all that's required. You know, I think that if you're open to receive that which you asked for, no matter how you phrase it, it will happen as long as you let it go and you're willing to receive it. Does that does that work for you? <laughs> I'm really glad that you brought that up because that was another huge epiphany that came to me. And this actually did not come till after I had finished the book. And I, it was a couple years later when I'm still playing with this and having so much fun with it and realizing that the biggest, the biggest reason people are not opening up to this is this whole worthiness issue. Yep. Well, I'll tell you, um, when I first was writing it, and you'll see in the book, I'm, I, I have a chapter, How Does This Work? And I'm presenting the idea that maybe it works through the law of attraction. And I had just been introduced to the law of attraction. 
But I can tell you now, after having studied the law of attraction and having worked with Hiring the Heavens for so many years, it does not work by the law of attraction. And the law of attraction absolutely exists. In fact, what I was told was there are no less than three laws, primary laws, that are in existence at all times simultaneously. And the first one is the law of consequence. And we all know the law of consequence. Oh, yeah. You know, equal and opposite reactions. It's like um, you're a little you're a little kid and you're learning how to walk and you bump into the coffee table and you fall down. Well, that's law of consequences in action. And mm-hmm. what the law of consequences does is help us to navigate, learn to navigate in a physical body. And on contrary to what a lot of people think is that. When you're a little child and, and you're having all these little bumps and, you know, learning how to navigate in this body, that doesn't stop. That continues throughout your whole life. We're always bumping into things and learning the consequence of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and, and we don't have to attribute any big spiritual message to that. And under that law, it's just about learning to understand how to navigate how to work this physical body. All right, so that's one law. The second law is the law of attraction, and it's just like it says it is. It's about the energy that you put out. That's what you get back. And um, that was teaching us very important um, information about how we need to adjust our perspective. How do we look at things? What's the energy we're putting out? Understanding more how we are creating our world. And in, in that way, um, a lot of things that end up happening to us, there's a very strong spiritual message behind it. Um, something really bad happens at, at work, maybe you need to take a look at what's the energy that you're putting out and what is it that you need to understand and learn about that. And then making adjustments to how you are, uh, what is your outlook in life. And that's where all it's so important to do all the things that you were mentioning about stating it in the present tense, putting lots of emotion into it, all the things that we're taught with the law of attraction. But guess what? (laughs) There's more. And this is where hiring the heavens works, and that's with the law of grace. And I did not understand that when I was writing the book, but the hiring the heavens works according to the law of grace. And in the law of grace, all of that goes out the window. It isn't about you being doing everything just right and stating it in the present tense and not using the word want and having enough emotion. This is a gift of grace that was given to you because of who you are. You can't earn this. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's no right way to do it so that you can just make it work. It was a gift given to you, and there's nothing you can do to have it taken away, absolutely nothing. It's yours, period. And this is the thing that's so difficult for people to grasp onto because they still write to me and say, you know, how do I do this the right way? Mm. How how do I state it so I do it the right way? Well, uh, you're working in a different law if you're trying to do things right. You're working in a different law. This is a gift that's given to you, and it just is. And there's nothing you have to do to earn it, nothing you have to do to make yourself worthy. You just ask. Like you said, you just ask. 
and then um, be open to receiving. But even that, even that is not a requirement. There are no rules to this, and I have had people that don't believe in this at all and are extremely skeptical, and they just out of, uh, you know, out of amusement think, okay, well, I'll give it a try, and then something extraordinary happens. I had a guy that came up to me at a talk I was doing, and he said, Gene, I, I have to tell you I heard you speak about a year ago, and what you said changed my life. And I said, wow, that's an amazing thing to say. And in what way did it change your life? And he he got really quiet for a moment. He says, well, I have to tell you that I was really skeptical about this whole idea, and I I feel like I was living a tough life. I was suffering a lot. And I thought, well, I'm going to give this a try and just see if it can help me out. And I don't have some amazing miracle story to tell you, but what I can say is a year later, synchronicities are happening to me all the time. If I need something, it just seems to be all I have to do is think about it, and then it's there for me. Um, I'm in real estate, and so I'm driving around at all these different locations, and sometimes I get lost. Well, I just seem to turn down the I ask for my spiritual, my uh, route director, and somehow I turn down the right street and I end up at the right place. Synchronicities are always happening to me, and because of that, I have stopped worrying in life. I used to be so uptight and anxious. I just have stopped worrying, and I know everything is going to be worked out. So that was the thing that just really clued me into the fact that you don't have, there are no rules about this. You don't, it's not about you saying it just the right way. And the law of attraction, as beautiful as it is, it can cause you to become hypervigilant. It causes you to say, oh, well, this is the only thing that works in the universe. This is the only way that, that manifestations happen. And so if I'm not getting what I want, I must be doing something wrong. And so we start looking at how we're asking. We start looking at what's our attitude. We start looking at our parent issues, our mother issues. We start looking at um, our subconscious beliefs. You know, we start going, digging through, trying to find where we went wrong. <laughs> well, when you've been given this gift of grace, it isn't about that at all. It's about you really relaxing into your creatorship and understanding who you are and coming from that place and knowing that you are here first and foremost, that's your prime directive, to create. All right, get about doing it. <laughs> and and such amazing things happen. Uh, I will tell you one of my favorite stories, and this came from a lady whose clairvoyant had always worked with the angels since she was a little girl because she could see them. And um, however, she, like everybody else, had only used the angels when it came to big-ticket items. She'd call upon Archangel Michael or Raphael when she had a big issue that she wanted help with. She had never thought about hiring away from this dimension for every aspect of her life. So after reading my book, she sat down and wrote out committee page after committee page she had a committee for her, her and her husband, a romance committee. She had a committee for her kids. She had a committee for her work and for her boss. She had a committee for her health and fitness. She had a committee for her life's joy. You name it. She left no stone unturned. She hired away from the heavens. 
That night, she fell asleep exhausted. She woke up (laughs) the next morning and opened her eyes and said, she told me later, oh, my God, Jean, I could not believe what I was seeing. They were everywhere in my room. There was so much commotion going on. There were even some coming up to me that that she hadn't hired saying, we heard you were hiring. <laughs> Have you got a job for us? And they were showing her a resume of what they were good at. Oh, my gosh. It isn't about finding, you know, making yourself worthy. It isn't about doing it just right. It, it's about you just opening up to who you truly are, which is a creator. You know, it's very interesting because, I, I love that part of your book where it's not about phrasing it perfectly because I always thought, I'm being taught this, but I just can't believe that this is really what we have to do. And I've turned around and taught it because that's what I was taught. And I thought, you know, I just, I don't know, I just talk to spirit and everything the way that I talk to anyone. And people probably don't even realize that they have been hiring the heavens. They just need to go through their life and look at it. I remember about 15 years ago, I was leaving my office, and I said to the secretary, I'm leaving, I'll be back in an hour. And she said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to the mall to pick up some stuff. And she said, okay, first of all, you never go to the mall. It's like three days before Christmas. What are you, crazy? And I said, no, I don't need to get anything, but I just wanted to get a couple of things. And she said, you're not going to be back in an hour. And I said, yes, I will. And I left. And I remember sitting in the car saying, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to get to the mall, find a parking space, get in there and get out of there, get everything that I need, and hopefully I'll have it on sale as well. So let's get this boat going. And I went to the mall, and I was back in an hour. And she said, oh, what, you couldn't find a place to park? And I said, no, the stuff's in the car. She did not believe me. She went out, she looked at the receipts, and she said, how did you do that? And I said, I don't know. You just set your mind to do it, and you do it. But that's actually hiring the heavens. You're actually asking for help. I knew, I didn't know until later that I did ask for help. And then I started realizing, well, wait, I'm just going to call on angels. So a couple of years ago, I built this labyrinth in my yard. It's a 50-foot, seven-circuit labyrinth, and I wanted to do an evening vigil. And so I needed candles. And I bought those tall glass tubes of wax, you know, that you can put the you can light and the wind won't blow them out because it's far enough down and I bought 200 of them and I brought them home and they all had stickers on the bottom and I did not want the stickers on the bottom and I thought nobody's going to see them but you know I'm anal I don't want the stickers on the bottom so I picked (laughs) them up and I started peeling the stickers off and it took me like 20 minutes to do 12 of them and I thought oh you've got to be kidding me this is going to take forever and I'm like okay there's got to be uh, like a sticker angel is there a sticker angel because I really could use a sticker angel to come help me get these stickers off and immediately they started coming off in a half an hour I had 200 done I was like okay thank you sticker angel and then I started laughing and I thought there really is an angel for everything I mean if there's a sticker angel you can call upon anything you know because that is just like the most ridiculous thing to call upon to ask for help and yet I got help immediately so if people just go back and look and say when did I really think I set my mind you were actually calling in and asking for help, and and it was given to you. So try it on anything. I mean, even in the morning, sometimes when I take my contacts out of the little thing that they're in, you know, they're upside down, I stick it in my eye, and it's like, oh, God, that's upside down. I say, come on, contact lens angel, help me with this. And the next thing you know, I got two contacts in, and I'm good to go. 
So I have a contact lens angel. I have a sticker angel. You know, I mean, there are jobs out there. They're willing to work, unlike people in this country who think things are beneath them. So, you know, you can call on the heavens. They're going to take the job. And all you have to do is say thank you and show gratitude and love, and, and you're good to go. I mean, I think it works, and everybody should probably just try something because it really will work. It, it does. It does. And, you know, uh, I my daughter, when she was in grade school, it was the day before the Halloween parade, and I had not gone shopping for an outfit for her for a costume. And so um, here it is. We're heading out the door Thursday night. The next day is going to be the Halloween parade. We don't have a costume. I was going to go to a used clothing store and kind of mix and match things. She wanted to be a, 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 a singer diva. And so we get there just as they're locking the door. Well, my daughter... Mm begins to cry and she says, what are we going to do? The parade is tomorrow. And I said, well, don't worry, honey. Let's hire a spiritual Halloween costume designer. (laughs) (laughs) So we did. And I said, okay, tell us where to go. And my eyes are directed across the street to Ross. Now, um, I had no idea if Ross carried Halloween costumes. I walked over to the little girl's section, the racks of little girl's clothing. There's no Halloween costumes. But there, just in her size, in a zippered wardrobe pouch, is a little girl's (laughs) singer diva outfit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. For $5.49. And you didn't have to do anything. It was all done for you. It was all done for me, but it doesn't end there. Well, there was two pairs, two sets. There was one with black, shiny pants and uh, one with purple pants, and then they both had this red, shiny top on them. Well, we bought the black pair, and she was so cute in it. I said to her when she came home that day from school, I said, honey, those black pants look so cute on you that what if we take off the black, the red top? You could wear those to school, and for $5.49, I could really use the other pair. So I went back to Ross, scoured that whole little girl section looking for the purple pair. Couldn't find them. I closed my eyes. I got in touch with the spiritual Halloween costume designer. I said, remember that purple pair? I'd really like to have that. Can you see what you can do? And then I opened my eyes, and there it is, right in the front, the purple pair. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And, and you know, you do it that way, and other people, I'm sure, can relate to if you're in a store and you know you have to find something in the right size or the right color, like a set of sheets, let's say, or something, and they've got it in everything but what you want. And if you stand there and you say, I know there's one here, you will find one. It's the same thing. It's the intention process, the the fact that you're intending so much, you're energetically shifting things, and you're getting the help that you need to find whatever it is that you need. It will happen for you. I love the context that you put it in because it's so much easier to say, okay, I need some angels to help me with this, or I need, you know, I need a group of people to do this. I have to say after I read your book, I put together a committee to help with, uh, how can I word this nicely? Let's see, litter box issues, okay? (laughs) And I, I have to say, 
this committee, I need new people because they're not doing that well. (laughs) And I'm talking to them every day saying, okay, committee, you're not paying attention to these two little furry creatures in my house who need to use their litter box every single time. And they're not using it every single time. So I daily hold a staff meeting and say, okay, what's going on? Because I'm going to have to fire some of you and get some new people. I'm sure there's, there's other angels out there that can do a better job than you. I mean, I'm talking to them the way that I would talk to people who I, you know, serve on committees that I, that I preside over. And I don't have a problem with that. And they've been given another chance. And I'm like, you got to get your stuff together and get these guys to really, you know, let them know they're loved. I give them pets. I feed them. They get water. They get enough attention. I don't know what's going on. you got to get in their little heads and make them use a litter box all the time. So I still don't know what's going on. But that committee's not going so well. So <laughs> You know what you might do is uh, no, I'm asking. an angel committee to help you to understand what else, what, who you need to hire. And here's the cool thing. Um, maybe you think it's a, um, a the litter box issue, but maybe it's something else. And so they're trying to they're it's not working because they're trying to get your attention to pay attention to something else. Mm, yeah, that's a possibility. I, it's like one time um, a, a client of mine, she was an artist, and she hired a committee for a show that she was putting on. This. Um, art show, she had a committee member that was going to take care of bringing in all of the customers for the, handling the sales, for every aspect of this art show, and she just envisioned this being the most fantastic show ever and walking away with many, many sales. No one came. No one mm-hmm. came. She asked me after, what did I do wrong? That's the first place we go to, right? What did I right, do yeah, wrong? exactly. <laughs> Yeah. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? This obviously didn't work. And I said to her, I would say just the opposite. I would say that this worked perfectly because the truth be known is that she had some significant health issues, Crohn's disease for one, which everyone that is familiar with that disease knows how exhausting it can be. This Putting this whole project together absolutely exhausted her and took everything. It took so long to recover from doing this. I said, I think this committee let it flop in no uncertain terms to let you know this is not the best way for you to get your artwork out, that you need to look at other avenues. Well, she did, and I have to say she's an extremely successful artist now. That's terrific. Yeah, I think that that's probably true because sometimes when you do things and it doesn't pan out, it's not meant for you to do it that way or to do it at all. Right. But i got to tell you my Shirley MacLaine story. Oh, yes, do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, first of all, um, I, I it gets a little bit into how my book got published. The whole thing was guided by my book writing committee. Um when I got the message that I needed to, it was time now to have this book published, I said, okay, who do I ask to publish it? And they told me that uh, New World Library was going to be the publisher. Well, I had no idea that when an author is going to get or wants to get a book published, that what you're supposed to do is go to these very expensive seminars, learn how to get your book proposal done, your marketing plan, your press kit, you get an agent. You do all these things and you submit to 30 different publishers You and you'll probably get turned down, so you go to the next 30 and the next 30 and, and you just hope by chance somebody will pick up your book. Well, I didn't know any of that. I just knew my book writing committee said, get it published with the New World Library. So I sent them my book with a little note said, you guys are the ones. 
and they published it. I love that story. Yeah. Well, before it came out, which it takes about six months for from the time that it's accepted to the time that it really gets on the on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Um, in between time, I had an email from a gentleman that said, I, you know, I loved your book. You, It's fabulous, but you really need to get it with a major publisher. And I wrote back and I said, well, it has been picked up by New World Library. He wrote back and said, fabulous. That was the... That was the book or the um, publisher I was going to suggest, and their office is only 10 minutes from my house. If you're ever in the area, I'd love it if you'd stop by. Well, six months goes by, and my book is is just about ready to get released. I had not thought about him since, but I happened to go sign up for a class given by Mark Allen, who is the owner of New World Publishing. He's been on this show twice. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, oh, that guy, remember, um, should I contact him? And my committee says back to me, no, you'll meet him when you need to. Okay. So I go to the, the conference that Mark Allen is holding. It's standing room only. There must have been 350 people there. Everybody's scrambling to find a seat, and there aren't enough seats. Well, I'm sitting up at the front third, and there happens to be one seat open next to me. <laughs> This guy comes by and he says, is that seat open? I said, yes. And before he can even sit down, he looks over and sees my name tag and he says, are you? And I look over and see his name tag and recognize it as the same guy and I'm just blown away. (laughs) So now I know there's a powerful reason why his spirits brought us two together on the second day I find out. He said to me, Gene, when you get your books from New World Library, I'd love it if you gave me a couple extra copies. I have two very good friends that I'd like to give them to, Shirley McLean and Kevin Ryerson. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they were hand-delivered by Kevin Ryerson to Shirley McLean. I mean, I'm just like, oh, that couldn't have been perfect, more perfect. She's just my hero. <laughs> Yeah, that was perfect. That was absolutely perfect. What a great story. Oh, my goodness, that's fabulous. Uh, you know, I can't believe we're almost at the top of the hour. I knew this hour was going to fly by. The, uh, you know, the, what I love about your book so much is the fact that, first of all, it's only 116 pages. You don't, you know, soup it up and put all this extra stuff into it. You just put it out there like it is. So it's short, it's concise, and you talk to the reader in a way that the reader will understand that, there is no rule enforcement. There is no right way to do it. Do it your way. Ask. Have the trust and belief that you know it will work, and, and it will. There's no right or wrong. There's no specific process. It just is what it is, and there are so many angels and, and heavenly beings waiting to help you and support you in all that you do. I, you know, as I said at the beginning, I, I think I, maybe it was when we were off air before we went on, I uh, read the book in about an hour and 15 minutes. It didn't take long to read it. It's a great concept. It will help you. It's a great gift where, you know, I know it's July, but people will start to think early about getting gifts for people. This is a wonderful book. I think it offers an awful lot for people, and there's not a lot of you have to do this and you have to do that. You just simply ask. And if you start with fun things, as you mentioned earlier, and you see it, you'll become accustomed to that, and then you'll have the confidence to do bigger things that will manifest, and you will see that, yeah, this stuff really does work. It works all the time, and it gives you a better attitude. So with that, you know, I think that, 
wow, this has just been a wonderful evening, and I'm so glad you're on the show. But before we say goodbye, I would love it if you would tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your work and how they may purchase your book, Hiring the Heavens. Hiring the Heavens is available in all the bookstores as well as on Amazon. And if they want a signed copy, they can go to my website, creativemystic.com. And uh, please have them sign up for my newsletter because they'll get a whole bunch of information that I have received since writing Hiring the Heavens. I have created a whole committee where I get information about the big things, who are we, how do we get here, what's life all about, and they will receive all the writings that I got directly from my higher guidance. Maybe that will be another book. It, it definitely will. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, then we'll have to have you back on for that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, T. So get, get writing away, you know. <laughs> so, listeners, we need you to spread the word. You know you enjoy what you hear on this show because you're here every week and you know that our ratings are high because we just came in second in the world for our spirituality show by receiving the COVR award at the INAPS conference, you know this is wonderful stuff. You know that all of my guests share their time freely. They give us a minimum of 60 minutes of their day to help us all. And as you're aware, they do it at no charge. You pay nothing for the wisdom and knowledge that you receive here at Energy Awareness Radio from all of these wonderful guests who share their time and expertise with all of us. So be sure to pass the link along. Let other people know so that they can grow and learn just as well, and it will make the world a better place for all of us. Thank you again, Jean. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate you taking time to be here with all of us. It's been, it's been a blast. I really had a good time. <laughs> My pleasure. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You will find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including a Crystal Bowl concert and Candlelit Labyrinth Walk on the 26th. So if you're in the tri-state area, do check that out you may want to attend don't forget to follow me on twitter at nrg aware radio that's at nrg aware radio and while you're looking at my site at quantumwellness.org check out the cd there is a cd of my music there a lot of people have found a lot of help with that so go ahead and look at that i am your host t love here at energy awareness radio intending you and yours a most wonderful week remember living from your heart is quite easy you need only give thanks to do so take care and stay well Have a great week.
I got a heart that can hold 
But I 